0: Hebrews chapter 8 and beginning in verse 6 and ladies and gentlemen this is the Word of God but as it is Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the Covenant he mediates is better since it is enacted on better promises for if that first Covenant had been faultless there would have been no occasion to look for a second with the house of israel after those days declares the lord i will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people and they shall not teach each one his neighbor and each one his brother saying know the lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest for i'll be merciful toward their iniquities and i will remember their sins no more in speaking of a new covenant he makes the first one obsolete and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away let's pray together lord unveil your truth to us show us the beauty the majesty of our king the lord jesus and in this be glorified we pray in jesus name amen please be seated We're in a passage that is unveiling the better promises of the new covenant better than the old quoting the book of jeremiah chapter 31 verses 31 through 34 this is the longest quotation of the old covenant in the new and the b- blessing of this new covenant as we saw last time is that it's internal rather than external verse 10 Uh, the lord says i will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts the result will be new thinking and new affections into your minds on your hearts god writes in this new covenant in old covenant language we're talking about circumcision of the heart in new covenant language we must speak of regeneration to make alive spiritually And to be empowered by the Holy Spirit this is such a central theme that I don't believe it'd be right to just move on from this without really digging down a little deeper in Romans chapter 8 verse 3 we read these words from Paul for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us Who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit and then in that same chapter the bible teaches us that the natural man the man outside of christ the man in the flesh cannot please god will not submit to the law of god indeed cannot do so that's the problem the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart and the heart when uh, born into this world is dead on arrival you may have a beating heart physically but until god steps in and gives you a new heart you don't have a heart towards him you might say well i grew up in a christian home and i've always remembered loving the lord well that's the grace of god in your life but believe me scripturally speaking there was a moment when god brought you to life you may not know that time you may not know the day it doesn't matter the fact that your heart is beating to know him now means you had a birth because you were dead in trespasses and sins you were born doa dead on arrival that's why you and i need resurrection not just some meral. Uh, moral pet talk we need not a good half-time coach who says you, you, you're good we can get there we, we can win this game no there is no hope for natural man we need resurrection and God has no plan outside of resurrection in that new covenant he gives new thoughts he gives new affections I remember in my own life growing up in a semi-christian home we had a lot of the trappings of uh, christianity i wasn't going to church regularly but i had a father who was a preacher and one day as he was studying to preach and had left his bible open i read the book the bible that he was reading and he was studying and i took a look at it he was outside the room and i made a mental note that there was nothing i was reading that was interesting it was beyond boring beyond to infinity and beyond I had no desire to read any further. I read maybe 18, 20 verses, and I thought mentally, as an eight year old and nine year old, that's it. This is not the life of me. I'm not going to follow my dad into the ministry. All I wanted to do was be a soccer player. That's what I wanted. And I made a mental choice at that time. I look back and see uh, the hand of God in that now I do have a desire that I didn't have before what has happened has has, have i just gradually over time accumulated something that wasn't there no what happened was god stepped in and gave me a new heart and if you're a christian he's done that for you you were born into this world without a love for god you might have been interested in some god you might make up in your own mind but you would not be interested in the god of the bible many times as we read scriptures about God's sovereignty especially in salvation you read Romans 9 I've had people say to me I could never love a God like that a God who says I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy no we want God to be this democratic governor who's dispensing grace the same way to everybody and each one has an equal chance at salvation well God didn't put salvation up to chance he has a plan, and He's fulfilling it. We're in plan A. There isn't a plan for plan B. And He will save His sheep. He will, because that's His plan, and He carries out all in His power. He's God Almighty. He has all the world before Him. And if you are Christ, then God has brought you out of darkness into life. He has taken you from your dead condition, now to have an a spiritual life that is now the joy of all joys and you think what was wrong with me and then you talk to others and you say why can't you see it well the bible tells us why they cannot see it they don't yet have spiritual eyes god has given you eyes to see Uh, second corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says the god of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe And that they cannot see the light of the glory of the gospel of christ the fact that you see is great grace it wasn't something you inherited naturally or even because you were brought up in a christian home thank god for christian homes thank god for the influence of parents but they can't get you in the kingdom it has to be the work of the holy spirit it has to be him and he does it all so we look at the law and we think what's wrong with the law there was nothing wrong with the law finding fault with them we saw last time verse 8 finding fault with them he declares rather than I'm going to throw you away which is what you would think he finds fault with the people Uh, you would think well I find fault with you I'm not having any more to do with you No, what he does is gives a promise That there's a new covenant coming when i'm going to put my laws in your mind and i'm going to write my law in your heart and you're going to want me what a blessing this is now that i see what i see i'm so thrilled to be raised from the dead just as lazarus when he was in the tomb did not immediately go to a lawyer and say i want to uh, bring a lawsuit against jesus for violating my right to stay dead Think about that he didn't get up from the grave and say look I was dead you gave me no choice you just raised me from the dead no he was thrilled to be alive he was thrilled to see the birds and hear them and to see life around him again and that's what happens in the life of the Christian we're thrilled we're not upset that he made us his own we're thrilled that he's given us eyes to see and what we're thinking is why couldn't i see that before oh the wasted years oh what i should have been doing but we're now grateful i remember a baptism where uh, a man was going through the waters of baptism and he came up out of the water crying and everyone first thought he was just crying out of being excited and he was crying because of the wasted years that's what he said oh the wasted years well god will Uh, calm his heart i'm sure but many of us need to understand we're not lord over the timing of our new birth that's his prerogative he he might save you as a young child or on uh, the cross next to him remember that thief on the cross didn't look good i don't know if he had a praying mother but it didn't look good that day especially when he's cursing christ that's not good but as long as there's life there's hope and as long as this breath there's, there's hope and he came to the one dying next to him and said lord remember me when you come in your kingdom and jesus gave him absolute assurance of salvation today you'll be with me in paradise wow that's kind of amazing that's what salvation is it's an amazing thing there was nothing in the criminal that said Uh, this next 10 minutes is going to be a marvelous experience for you you're going to get an assurance from Jesus no but God just does it God just says you're coming home and uh, Jesus had a true sheep next to him though he looked like a goat all along many of you can relate as parents this ain't looking good this looks like a goat that I've been raising (laughs) but you remember when the Apostle Paul was converted He was an antagonist against the christian faith you read the story in acts chapter 9 and jesus knocked him off his high horse literally he did and with a blinding light he said "Uh, who are you lord saul said and jesus said i'm jesus whom you persecuted he knew in other words what you are i know you're lord but who are you I'm, i'm jesus yeah like i suspected And he was blinded for a time but he was converted and became the apostle paul and it was as dramatic as that he went on a mission to either kill or imprison christians and by the end of the day he was a disciple of jesus jesus basically said this i'm lord of history and you're my man and you're coming home today not tomorrow not 3 p.m it's 2 58 that's when i'm going to show up and show you who i am and that's what happened and that's what god has done in your life You might think no 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 I was raised in a Christian home and somewhere between six and eight I came to Christ you may not know the day or the hour do you know in the spiritual realm it's just as dramatic as Saul's conversion you've come from death to life and God is the author of your salvation he's the author of your faith and you've come because God said while you were six hearing a Bible reading that you might have heard many many times suddenly The holy spirit ransacked your heart took out that heart of stone so that now putting in a heart of flesh you beat to know him and he's done it and you'll have it forever that heart is not given you on a temporary basis he's changed your eternal destination forever by what he's done in your heart and that's why he gets the glory not only for saving you but for giving you the gift of repentance and faith That's why the Bible talks about it as a gift it's not something inherent in us and once we understand that we say all glory to God not most can you imagine a song in heaven Lord we give you most glory 88% of it goes to you today God do you feel good no we sing worthy is the lamb he saved me we'll be saying that one saved me I had no interest in him I didn't want him I didn't want his word I didn't want to be under his authority but now it's the most majestic sight in the universe to see him on the throne what a sight for the ages I will forever be basking in the wonderful grace of God because he saved me by all that he did that's why we're Christians if we don't get that according to Martin Luther If we understand somehow that it was our free will that got us in he says you have not come to even understand the basic elements of grace you haven't come to understand he who thinks by his own will he got into the kingdom he has learned nothing of grace and has not been taught of Jesus Christ correctly the reformers were all united in this they called it sola gratia grace alone not only does God save by his work not ours but the very faith that calls upon him is the gift of god and that faith is a delighting in him forever we might go astray peter went astray but he was a true sheep Uh, peter denied christ but he came back judas was never a true sheep never jesus actually called him a devil you read it in john chapter 6 verse 70 jesus wasn't surprised at the treachery of judas what was the difference peter was a true sheep and jesus said to him satan's desire to sift you like wheat but i've prayed for you and when not if when you've turned strengthen your brothers so it is peter denied christ but came back and then was used mightily by god in acts chapter 2 to open the door for the gentiles to come in and the church to be what it is in this world None of that's in my notes, but that's free of charge. Amen. (laughs) New thoughts, new affections. I want to ask you do you have new thoughts? Or are you thinking, I'm not sure I like this, hearing the word of God? You know, the sheep says, there's a church that will read the Bible I, I, I want to be there uh, there's a church that's going to explain the Bible I, I want to be there uh, what what what's on next week pastor well, well we did uh, verse 8 last week what, 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 what's the plan uh, are you giving bicycles away what what, what are you do what's the attraction well we're in verse 8 last week we're, we're going to verse 9 this week sheep says wow wow that's my church that's I want to know the words of Jesus what is it god put a desire for you in your heart for the word of god so that you would want what you didn't want before i now want what i didn't want at age eight or nine i love this word oh how i love your law and it's a surprise to me i did not expect it but i had an appointment acts chapter 13 verse 48 it says luke making a casual commentary on people coming to christ and all who were appointed to eternal life believed? Do you know none of them knew they had the appointment? <laughs> I've got a few appointments in the next few weeks. Yeah, how about you? You got appointments on your schedule? I think well, I'm going to meet this guy here and this person here, and I'm uh, going to get a report here, and then we're going to talk about it. That's an appointment. I know my appointments, but none of the people knew they had an appointment. But God said, "Oh, let me look at this." Uh, calendar of mine. Oh, yeah, March the 28th. I've got an appointment with these 3,000 people. They don't know it, but they're coming to me today. Wow. All who ha- were appointed to eternal life believed. On the calendar, God says, Yeah, you look like an enemy. You are an enemy. You're acting like an enemy. You're a child of wrath. Yep. But I've elected you, and I have made an appointment that this day I will overcome the resistance of your heart by taking out that heart of stone. As you hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit will superintend that word and you're going to get what you didn't get before. You're going to love Christ. (laughs) You're coming home. (laughs) You're coming into the kingdom. You may not know it. You might be an antagonist against me right now, but uh, make a big show of it because in 37 minutes you're mine. You got an appointment Acts chapter 16 we read this the Lord opened the heart of Lydia to respond to the things said by Paul do you realize that's what happened in every conversion the Lord opened the heart you can't open your own heart people with dead human hearts don't apply for a heart transplant we're not signing up no would you come to Christ and and have a new heart no we don't want a new heart we like our own sin we like the preference of our own heart which is to sin in different ways and some will sin more in this way than another way but what we won't want outside of God intervening is the true God and to believe his true gospel We'll want something else we'll believe something else we'll make a different idol up in our minds we just don't want the true god i can never love a god like that the bible god yeah that's right until god gives you a new heart And now you rejoice that the god who rules and reigns is the god who is the author of romans 8 and 9 and 10 and 11 and all of the bible all scripture is given by inspiration of god and the true child of god says i want to know him i don't want to have some tell me what the bible didn't mean when it said what it meant some people have to have a lot of help to misunderstand the clear teaching of the bible and it's very very clear god is sovereign well that's controversial no it's not you get to heaven it's not controversial that god reigns the nations that's a lot of free will drop in the bucket but but you realize not everybody will like this yeah but the sheep will well, you've got a losing task if you're trying to just win a lot of people. Well, yeah, I'm trying to please him. And he says, I will win, not what you consider a lot of people, I will win all that are mine. Someone's, someone who's coming to Christ were always a sheep. They may have been a lost sheep, but they were always a sheep. No one turns from goat to sheep. They were always sheep. The thief on the cross was always a sheep never acted like a sheep till the day of his death let that encourage you we should go to hebrews shouldn't we the law of god that's not the problem a quote often attributed to john bunyan although it may have been john berridge a hymn writer who first said it you might have heard this run john run the law commands yet gives me neither feet nor hands but sweeter news the gospel brings it bids me fly and lends me wings the law what it couldn't do because of the weakness of our flesh god did by writing his law on our hearts hebrews chapter 8 look at verse 9 not like the covenant that i made with their fathers on the day when i took them by the hand so tenderly. To bring them out of the land of Egypt. He crushed Egypt in the process, but he took them tenderly. In other words, boof, bam, psh, That's what happened to Egypt. Tenderly, now, my children, I'm leading you out of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant. No, it didn't. Covenant they broke the covenant very quickly, made a golden calf very very quickly so I showed no concern for them over and over again they rebelled against God and God gave them a certificate of divorce later on he did but that's not the end of it for this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days declares the Lord I'll put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts and I'll be their God and they shall be my people that last phrase is covenant language I'll be their God they'll be my people i'll be their god they shall be my people keep your place in hebrews chapter 8 if you will and go to jeremiah 32 this is familiar to us but it's so well worth seeing again jeremiah chapter 32 look at verse 38 this is a god who rules and reigns ladies and gentlemen and there is no other god verse 38 and they shall be my people and i will be their god i will give them one heart and one way this is jeremiah 32 verse 39 i'll give them one heart who my people and one way that they who's that my people may fear me forever for there who's that that's my people own good and the good of their children after them i'll make with them who's that my people an everlasting covenant that's the new covenant that i will not turn away from doing good to them and i will who's them that's god's people and i will put the fear of me the fear of god in their hearts who's the there? god's people that they who's that god's people may not turn from me and i'll rejoice in doing them good and so we continue to read do you realize that's the god of the bible he says i'm going to put something in you whereby you won't ever go astray again i'll bring you back if you stray that's why the true christian cannot enjoy a life of sin if for a while they stray and they walk away from the lord there's something in them that says i can't enjoy this this isn't home this isn't right they come to their senses god brings them back like peter and like judas He brings them back what a thrill this is he puts the fear of god in our hearts so that what we're not going to turn from him you realize this the bible demands that we persevere in the faith and some people think well i don't know that I'm going to be saved because I've got to persevere to be saved and I haven't yet persevered this is probably not my last day on earth it could be but uh, I don't know if I'm going to persevere because I haven't persevered all the way to the end here's where you can uh, unhook from that false thinking because that's what it is false thinking once you know that God is the author of your faith once you know that God started the process he has promised He that has begun the good work in you which wasn't you but him he will perform it until the day of jesus christ because he's the author and the perfecter of your faith the faith you have on sunday is the faith you'll have next thursday and a thousand thursdays and a million thursdays from now he's the author of it he's put the fear of him in your heart and you won't turn away from him you must persevere and you will because of its preserving grace It's a permanent relationship and god does all the work go to ezekiel ezekiel isaiah jeremiah onto the right ezekiel chapter 36 this is promise of the new covenant that we're reading about in hebrews chapter 8 what we're doing today is looking at the verses that really amplify what we read in that beautiful passage Ezekiel chapter 36 look at verse 25 I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you and I'll give you a new heart notice man's actions are not in view doesn't say you'll apply for a new heart I might put you on hold for a while but eventually you'll get it with free delivery no uh, i'm going to do it all i will give you a new heart who's the you here it's the people of god with whom he makes a new covenant and a new spirit i'll put within you and i will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh that's what we have In the new covenant notice it's a promise i will i haven't done it yet but i will i will i will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and i will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules that's what the holy spirit does he gives us a desire we didn't have before to be holy He'll cleanse us from filthiness and idolatry. It's not just the man or the woman who can uh, go to the woodshed and with uh, help of some machinery forge an idol out of wood or out of stone or out of metal. That's not the only person who can make an idol. We make idols with our minds. There are idols of money and sex and power and music and career and girlfriend boyfriend that could be an idol parental approval could be your car someone in the neighborhood yesterday was taking pictures of his car outside my house i had a word with him that's another story self can be an idol some modern day lingo isn't it i'm just taking a selfie we never used to have that Take a picture of me right now. In fact, I'm going to take a picture of me. In fact, I'm going to take 38 pictures of me and share all 38 with everybody and I just want to get some likes because I'm all about me. I want you to be all about me. Life isn't good for you unless it's all about me. Right? John calvin said that the human heart is an idol factory just churns out rather than cars or watches it turns out idols idol after idol what's on the conveyor belt today oh it might be a different idol making a new idol i've moved from this idol to that idol but i've got a new idol but there will be idols because we've got human hearts and without god removing us from idolatry we'll just be pumping out new idols from our heart the heart pump pumps out idols a factory of idols in the old covenant we have the tablets of the commandments the ten commandments you remember they were put inside the ark of the covenant laid inside the tabernacle but it was outside of us in the new covenant god says i'm going to put that law in your heart so that you want to obey God's law is written on the heart in the Old Covenant God was inside the Holy of Holies his immediate presence now he's everywhere present but there was this uh, special presence of the Lord that was manifested so that everybody knew of his presence the cloud by day the fire by night that signified he was there in the Holy of Holies now God is inside of us he comes inside So what's in view what's in view in these promises is what is elsewhere called the new birth look at verse 26 ezekiel chapter 36 verse 26 i'll give you a new heart i'll put a new spirit within you that's what it is i'll remove the heart of stone and I'll put my spirit, verse 27, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You'll dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and look at this, you shall be my people and I will be your God. Covenant language. God says, you are my people. And we say, God, you are my God. I don't want to serve any of the gods. I want you to be Lord of my life. Go to John chapter 3 oh boy we get in here we can't get out so pray for me john chapter 3 end of chapter 2 jesus knew what was in man verse 24 of john chapter 2 john 2 24 but jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man for he himself knew what was in man now there was a man jesus knew him through and through There was a man of the pharisees named nicodemus we'll call him nick for short a ruler of the jews this man came to jesus by night this was nick at night some of you old timers will get that help him jesus he just lost the anointing again okay help him help him this man came to jesus by night and said to him why did he come at night we don't know don't speculate could be that he just wanted to avoid the fact that he was coming and no one else of the pharisees were coming could be it could be that he worked a long day and his own availability was at night don't read into the text what's not there he came at night what does that mean pastor it means he came at night this was nick at night said to him rabbi we know that you're a teacher come from God for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him now that's very good theology all of it was true the signs that Jesus did attested to the fact that he was God manifested in the flesh and certainly God was with him and so everything he said there was correct wasn't enough but it was as good as far as it went And jesus cut through all of the red tape we don't know how long the conversation took place but what we have in view here is jesus simply going to the heart of the matter and answered him i I like that because it didn't seem that nicodemus asked a question but jesus answered him (laughs) he answered the cry of his heart truly truly i say to you oftentimes when a preacher preaches and you agree with it you say amen some of you do and we say it at the end of a sentence and we say it at the end of a prayer in Jesus name amen it means so be it let it be so that's it that's right and so when we say amen we say this is it this is true that's right but unlike just about everybody else you could think of, rather than Jesus giving a statement and then saying amen, he starts his sentences with amen. In other words, this is it. This is right. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Truly, truly, I say to you. In other words, wake up. This is the truth. Get hold of it. You may not like it. But it's true. It will be true eight years from now, 18 years from now, thousands of years from now. This is the truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, Amen, Amen. I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Some people have the idea that there are Christians, and then there are, in a separate car- ca- category, uh, born again Christians. I understand because it just looks like the born agains are just zealous people who just need to drink less coffee or something they're just zealots but according to Jesus the only people who enter the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven are born-again people unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God people are blind without sight can't see it what's the kingdom of god the kingdom of god is the rule of god comes from two words in english uh king and domain sandwich them together the king's domain wherever he rules and reigns no one can see where god is ruling and reigning god is ruling and reigning but you can't see that unless you have new birth you have to be born again unless one is born again or born from above and again the emphasis is on god's activity god causes this new birth unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god what i just said is now going to be explained nicodemus said to him now he's got the questions how can a man be born when he's old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born can he start again When he's 30 years old when he's 40 years old can he get a new start does he have to try and crawl up into his mother's womb and have a physical birth what are you talking about it it was obvious he wasn't understanding jesus how can it be true how can a man be born when he's old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born and jesus answered amen amen truly i say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit He cannot enter the kingdom of God so verse 3 says without new birth he cannot see the kingdom of God verse 5 he cannot enter the kingdom of God I would submit to you that the way to enter the kingdom of God if you look at other scriptures is by repenting of our sin and having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that is what it means to enter into God's way of doing things the kingdom of God and unless one is born of water and the spirit, or born from above, he cannot see that kingdom and he cannot enter it. Here's what has to happen God has to give you a new heart in confirmation of the other scriptures we've read, so that you now want what you didn't want, you want to repent of your sin and you want to believe in Jesus and you do that because God gave you a heart because you were born again and we call this in technical words regeneration to be born again to be made alive spiritually and that has to happen before you put your faith in him because putting your faith in him is entering and you cannot enter unless you're first born again that's Jesus teaching unless you're born again you must first excuse me let me say it again unless you're born again you cannot do something you cannot enter you must enter but you cannot unless you're born again beware of a teaching out there called baptismal regeneration it's not true it's a reading into the text they take that little phrase born of water and they say look in baptism you're regenerated if we do the earthly work of baptizing you that's when you're converted many of you have been subject to that and thank god for deliverance from it it's a false teaching it's a reading into the text you must be born of water and the spirit but the bible doesn't have anything here to talk about regarding baptism that's not what is in view you've got to take a concept of baptism and put it into the text it's not there i challenge anyone to find baptism in the process here it's not so what does it mean you must be born of water well it certainly could mean the whole process of god's activity and salvation but i think in context it has to do with natural birth why do i say that because people are born naturally by the water of the womb that certainly is a jewish way of understanding what's taking place and jesus as a jew was speaking to a jew nicodemus the ruler of the jews i believe that's what would have been understood in that context you might disagree with me on that and that's fine i'm not going to make a big thing of it it is my opinion opinions are like noses everyone's got one and there's usually a couple of holes in it But that's my opinion born of water I believe that's speaking of natural birth and the spirit that's speaking about spiritual birth unless you're born physically and spiritually you cannot he cannot enter the kingdom of God and verse 6 I believe explains it because born of water relates to flesh born of the spirit relates to spirit verse 6 that which is born of the flesh is flesh I believe that's what it's talking about when it speaks of being born of water and that which is born of the spirit capital s the Holy Spirit is spirit the human spirit so you must be born of water you've got to be alive physically and everyone qualifies as who are alive but you also must be born spiritually because that which is born of the flesh is flesh we'll read later on in John 6 the flesh prophets how many can finish it nothing Martin Luther said that nothing is not a little something that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit do not marvel that I said to you you must be born again you must be born again ladies and gentlemen have you been born again because you must be you must be well how will i know how will i know if i'm born again The first book i ever read as a christian was a book by billy graham called how to be born again it was very influential in my life again the first book outside the bible i'd ever read as a christian you might remember billy graham's ministry and he had a magazine called decision magazine which emphasized what was the emphasis of the ministry make a decision for Christ and I was certainly raised in that environment but I've come to see that though they were very much true statements in the book there was a fatal flaw because Jesus in saying you must be born again never said now here are five ways that you can apply for membership in God's kingdom or these are five ways to be born again do steps one through five nicodemus and you'll be born again and as we read much of the evangelical whatever that means anyway, anyway today but in the evangelical world we read of people that speak of these three steps do these three things and you'll be born again jesus never goes there in fact he says you must be born again and then he gets even more mysterious the more we read You think, Jesus is saying, you must be born again. Okay, okay, you must be born again. How do I get born again? What do I have to do? Well, Jesus didn't tell him what to do. He just tells him what God does. That's because the new birth is an act of God 100%. The only thing we can do is get under the spout where the glory comes out. Hear the word of God. But god has to give you a new heart he does it through the means of the word of god faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god romans chapter 10 verse 17 but not everybody who hears the word gets faith have you noticed that god has to superintend that word by the holy spirit and by that word bring faith and put it in the heart the new heart that he gives you're born again of incorruptible seed by the living and abiding Word of God. First Peter says. If that wasn't the case, the greatest act of mercy we could do is be really good at kidnapping people. What do I mean by that? Let's get 50 people, kidnap them, put them in the room, and preach to them. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And if we preach to them, they'll all be Christians, and they'll forgive us. And we'll populate the kingdom of heaven. Now, you know that sounds silly, but that's the idea that many people have. You just get them in front of the word, and that will be enough. It's great, it's the means by which they're saved and converted. But it takes more than just a hearing with the physical ear, it's hearing with the heart, it's seeing with the heart. God has to write the law on their hearts not just something that they hear with their outward ears that's what is meant when jesus said he who has ears to hear let him hear he's not saying do you have physical ears he's saying can you hear this you must be born again that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit do not marvel that I said to you you must be born again and that's where you think jesus would now say now sit down nicodemus i'm going to walk through the six ways to the new birth is that what you read in the next verse Uh, no sit down nicky boy here we go the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound now notice this guy's going to be outside the kingdom unless he's born again And, and jesus goes here yeah, you must be born again. You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. If I'm Nicodemus, I might say, uh, that's it? You're talking about wind? Yeah. And wind here is a type of the Holy Spirit. So it is who's with everyone is born of the spirit we must be born again you must be born again but nicodemus is like wind the wind blows where it wishes you hear its sound but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes by that wind god sweeps away our idols by that wind He takes out the heart of stone. By that wind, he puts in a heart of flesh. Wind can be devastating. But you know what? You actually don't see wind. You see its effects. But you don't see wind. So is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And right now, the Holy Spirit is moving like wind. May it be that if you don't yet know him, you're hearing the word and you now want what you didn't want eight minutes before. Because God has been especially kind to you to show you the Lord Jesus Christ and give you a love for Christ and his gospel. You must be born again. But people can't bring about their own birth. They need the wind to blow. We're helpless. We're dependent. And in the same way, God is the one who brings about the new birth. Keep your place in John 3. Go to John 1. But don't we believe yes we believe but why do we believe we have to believe yes we do have to believe yes but why would we believe john chapter 1 verse 10 he was in the world the world was made through him yet the world did not know him he came to his own that's the jewish people and his own people did not receive him in general that was the case most didn't receive him but to all who did receive him who believed in his name He gave the right to become children of God who were born. What type of birth are we talking about? A spiritual birth. Not of blood. Not of ancestry. Not of the will of the flesh. That's the energy that we can produce as human beings. Nor of the will of man. That was not the deciding factor. Your will will always do what your heart most wants at the moment of choice. Why did I do that last Thursday? Because you wanted to? Why are you doing that, Daddy? Because you want to? Yeah. That's why there are prisons. Why? Because at the moment of choice, we chose to do something that violated the law, we were criminals. We can't just say, look, it's my hand. I've got a problem with my hand. I always just, when, whenever I see a gun, my hand just goes, gets gun and, and shoots people. No, 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 y- your will's involved. And your will is the problem because your heart is the bigger problem. And so if you've come to Christ, your will has been involved and you now have made a choice. Why did you make the choice? Because God gave you a new heart so that you want to change and now you say yes to what you said no to all your life before. So it wasn't the will of man that was the deciding factor last three words but of god you see someone believing in jesus christ how were they born not this not this not this but this not of blood human ancestry not of the will of the flesh the energy of man nor of the will of man not 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 but of God you're in the kingdom because of God plus nothing back to John 3 can't see wind the wind has a mind of its own we cannot control the wind it cannot be stopped it cannot be contained we can merely notice its effects and that's the Holy Spirit's work in fulfilling what we read in Ezekiel sweeping away all our idols so that we want Christ how many times I've shared the gospel with someone and they just love their sin more than they love Christ and that will always be the case until God steps in and gives them a new heart I'd love to come to Christ but I'd have to lose my girlfriend I'd have to lose my boyfriend I'd have to face consequences at work and that's the idol that is most ruling in the heart and god when he comes sweeps away those idols and we want that we say oh god get rid of all those idols i want christ give me christ whatever it takes i'll buy the truth and i'll sell it not that's the holy spirit's work in giving sight to the blind and you were blind not merely short-sighted the hymn writer got it right Amazing grace, I sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind. And now I see. The Holy Spirit always achieves his intended aim the salvation of God's people. The Father chooses a people, the Son dies for them. The Holy Spirit applies that redemption to that same group. One of the ones around the throne will be that thief on the cross. I want to meet him. I wouldn't want to meet him before he's converted, but I want to meet him now. A. W. Pinkham will close with this. He said, "The wind is an element which man can neither harness or hinder. The wind neither consults man's pleasure, nor can it be regulated by his devices. So it is with the spirit. The wind blows when it pleases, where it pleases." As it pleases so it is with the spirit james montgomery boyce said this it is obvious therefore that when god uses this image of wind he does so to show that he alone is responsible for your salvation and that you believe only because he first created the life within you to do it it's an independent work all done by him one god three persons Father, son and spirit unlimited free of human influence that's why it's not the setting of the mood or getting the right music in place that will just turn people's hearts no it's the word of god preach the word like ezekiel in chapter 37 as we've read earlier in the service everybody's dead everyone is just bones unless god wakens up the dead, puts bone on bone and brings it together and puts sinews and life into that which was not life before. And that's what the job of the preacher is. Preach the word in season and out of season. And the Holy Spirit attending that word will give life to the dead, to all that God has chosen. It's an irresistible work. He gets the job done. The bones don't rebel and saying, nah, not going to do it. He overcomes our natural resistance. And just like the wind is invisible, so invisibly the wind of the Holy Spirit at work comes in and we observe the effects of his ministry. Someone comes to Christ john owen said this in or towards whomsoever the holy spirit puts forth his power or acts his grace for their regeneration he removes all obstacles overcomes all oppositions and infallibly produces the intended effect so that you and i hear the gospel and we might have heard it for the first time or the 87th time but on the day of god's appointment god says so number 87 that's when we had this appointment you're coming home today and you come and you repent and you believe and you do so because you want to what is that glorious gospel that though man had rebelled as treasonous rebels each of us against a holy god god sent forth his son the second person of the trinity into the world Born of a virgin. Well, don't preach that. People won't believe it. The sheep will. He'll give them faith. It's a supernatural thing. How come you you weren't there to see whether or not Mary and Joseph knew each other in a physical way? No, but I believe it. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and that which is born of her the second person of the trinity now manifested in the flesh the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory born of a virgin living a flawless perfect life and dying and atoning death on the cross and being buried three days later he rose again from the dead and now is at the place of all authority in the universe and anyone who believes, anyone who repents and believes this good news is saved now and forever, given a new heart that wants Christ for all eternity, come to him. If you're a Christian, celebrate the grace of God. You are lost, but now I'm found. Not because you are some real sharp sheep. But the shepherd came for you. came for you mission save agnes save jonathan save terry save paul save saul of tarsus save peter save all god's people are you amongst the elect how i know if i'm elect have you come all that the father gives to me jesus said will come to me Let's pray father we just thank you for this amazing new birth everyone in this new covenant knows you you put the law of God inside the mind and write the law on the heart do what only you can do give us life in Jesus name